How you, uh, how you coming on that novel you're working on? Huh? Got a big, uh, big stack of papers there? Got a, got a, got a nice little, nice little story you're working on there? A big, big uh, novel you've been working on for three years? Huh? Got a, got a compelling protagonist? Yeah, got a, uh, got a obstacle for him to overcome? Huh? Little story brewing there? Working on? Working on that for quite some time, huh? Yeah, talking about that three years ago. Yeah, been working on that the whole time. Nice little uh, narrative, uh, beginning, middle, and end. Some friends become enemies, some enemies become friends, yeah? At the end, your uh, main character is uh, richer for the experience, yeah? Yeah? Yeah, you got uh, No, no, you, you deserve some time off. show is brought to you by audible go to audibletrial.com slash book guys and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial this is the book guys show brought to you by go to meeting my name is paul alves joined as always by a great panel including irish ben how you doing irish ben how you doing lads our studio audience for the night, uh, as well as Father Robert Balliser. How you doing, Padre? I am doing absolutely fine. I'm back in D.C. The weather's good and, uh, you know, getting back to work. Nothing to complain about. Brilliant. And Professor Allen, how you doing, sir? Doing very well. School's going well. I was very, uh, very proud of myself. was able to uh, work in some uh, D.C. comics and Marvel comics uh, content in discussing corporate finance, if you can believe that. Oh, very nice. I hope you worked in a plug for the book I show while you're there, too. Gotta... Next time. Next time. <laughs> and Sir Jimmy joining us from North Carolina. How are you doing, sir? Fantastic. I was spent the morning covered in bleach and, and, uh, and siding cleaner. Again? Uh, oh, again. Can you believe it's the third time? <laughs> I, was, I was pressure washing the house with my old man, and then we... Uh, Loaded up the canoe and, and headed an hour away to go to the lake, only to find out they're closed on Tuesdays. Who closes a lake? <laughs> I, 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 these people do. do they drain it. I guess I need to. I got to add some bolt cutters to my uh, to my canoe uh, repertoire. There. Yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so we're, we're back again, gentlemen, talking about books, audio books, audio dramas, and podcasts. It's quite a quite a wide range, is it not, Padre? <laughs> It's, it's 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 a nice range. We we like people who are versatile. This is a versatile podcast. That's right. You know, uh, we leave it open because Padre, if if all four of us don't read a book we really want to talk about on the podcast, then we can always bring uh, you know a podcast or an audio drama, something different. Uh, exactly. Just not to waste the listeners' time talking about stuff that you know it's really rubbish i mean like i know that on this week in enterprise technology you don't really talk about too much about switches that blow up every time you plug them in or you know on twit they don't talk about rifons or zipods you know okay kind of unless it's funny if, it, if there's course. a comedic value absolutely i'll bring it in yeah. Come on. <laughs> so padre what's on your nightstand what's uh, what have you been reading uh, well, I've been in this phase where I'm going back through some of the books I read uh, way, way, way back, and I'm finding the audio versions um, audible. This time I found the Star Wars Timothy Zahn trilogy. Uh, it, it's supposed to be set a couple of years after the, the original three movies. And uh, I, I got to say, I mean, I, I remember thinking when I was reading this, this is the trilogy that should be made. This is what I want to see. It's a darker universe. It's, just, it's a more expansive universe. And it has an incredible bad guy. I mean, I, you would think after those first three movies that you wouldn't have a bad guy that could be more developed than Darth Vader. Well, you've got Admiral Thrawn. And uh, to top it all off, you've got Mark Thompson doing the audiobook version. And his, his voice is perfect for that sci-fi fantasy feel. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've been listening to it for about 16 hours. I'm, I'm getting a little bit out of uh, each of the first two books, and I'm, I'm just loving it. Because I, th- I think th- those novels were a great way to, uh, to kick off the you know, expanded universe. And certainly if, if George ever thinks sequel, 
that is certainly certainly the place to go. Remember when those when those books came out maybe twenty years ago now, early nineties, mid 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 nineties maybe. I remember those were uh, those were terrific, and I tried to valiantly to keep up with the Star Wars extended universe, but they produced books at a much faster rate than I could read them. Oh yes, by the shelf load. Absolutely, and you know what? Uh, had they done that trilogy as the proper sequels, how can I phrase this, Padre? The the most uh, popular T-shirt at the Fan Expo in Toronto was F. Lucas, and it wasn't censored. <laughs> <laughs> and they did it in the Star Wars logo style, and uh, the guy who was selling them was just making money hand over fist. Are those the books, Father, that have uh, Mara Jade yes, character? They Mara are. Jade. There's yes, a great another very and and throughout the. 10 or 15 of the novels that I read. Uh, again, another terrific and a, a wholly original character to the, to the, uh, to those novels, I believe. Yeah. yeah you know, and, great character. You know, you're showing that there's life in the universe, in the greater star Wars universe beyond just the big characters from the movies. Obviously there's, there's intersections, you know, there and spoiler alert, you know, Mara Jade becomes a, a recurring character, right. uh, you know, down the, uh, down the road in the in the extended universe but uh, again a terrifically well-drawn character and i always think that uh, lucas should have involved some kind of time travel if the the times weren't close enough just to give some work to all the actors he put out of work in, with star wars other than han solo harrison ford right. you know just to yeah. give these people you know 20 or thirty thousand dollars you know even for a cameo something you know listening to the audiobooks and listening to how Mark Thompson has chosen to make it sort of a dark and foreboding universe. It it makes me think that this trilogy is sort of it's the adult trilogy. It's it's Star Wars. If you if you, if you actually watch Star Wars again, you realize it wasn't as adult as you thought it was. Right. This trilogy is. Uh, and I, I mean, I would have loved to have seen this on the screen far more than Jar Jar Binks and the little boy who can drive a pod racer. <laughs> yeah, let's write a letter yeah, I mean, to Lucas. Yes, especially it is it it is tough to bring adult eyes to to Jedi and the Ewoks and realize those those really were quite light and and a little on the uh, unsubstantial side, uh, but the books certainly go well beyond that in terms of depth and absolutely. And Professor Allen, what have you been uh, checking out lately? Well, I just I finished up. We've talked about it, I think, a couple of times. Finished up the audio of. Uh, of Ender's Game, and uh, in, enjoyed that. And I'm not quite sure what I'm going to pick up next. That's what I want to talk some comic to you books. about. Why don't we talk a little bit about Ender's Game? Uh, Padre, have you uh, read or listened to Ender's Game? Who cannot have read Ender's Game? Me until a week ago. <laughs> Let's jump right into it. Science fiction. Ender's I mean, Game. The book's, the book's 25 plus years old, so I do propose we we go full spoilers absolutely if you uh, have not appropriate if you have not read ender's game just skip ahead uh, a couple minutes and so sir jimmy and professor allen you both uh, the last week or two uh dove into the audio i believe both of you yes we did i'm wondering if i could jump out and go to meeting and, and look at the notes i have on my ipad without killing the call <laughs> probably i don't know we'll I, find out right now no pressure. No pressure. Uh-huh. No pressure. Go. Let's go. go. Let's go. Do it live right now. Oh, it pauses. Oh, well, he, he just pauses. <laughs> he pauses. Okay, that's not bad. That's brilliant. <laughs> so while Sir Jimmy is paused, Professor Allen, <laughs> how are you finding it? I, I well, one thing I give, uh, I, I do give the uh, the sci-fi community credit for is that there is quite a twist uh, towards the end. And I didn't even know there was a twist, uh, much less what it was, until I started, uh, you know, just doing doing a little bit of research or prepping to write the write the review for the site. You know, I put you know, you know, pop into the Wikipedia page or whatever, just get a little facts about the novel or wherever wherever it was. And I heard there was a twist. It was not revealed revealed there, but you know, this is a you know, this is a modern sci-fi classic with with a, an interesting twist in it. That I didn't know about. I didn't even know there was one. And, and right. I give, I give uh, our our sci-fi friends in the community credit for, for uh, instead of if, yeah, if I hadn't done any research at all, I wouldn't even known 
there was a twist coming. It's not like Empire Strikes Back where every uh, blog post online starts with, uh, oh, and Darth Vader's Luke's father. I am your father. <laughs> Spoiler alert again, folks. <laughs> so, so, so what exactly. came out first, the, the movie The Last Starfighter or this book? I would think this, oh, this book uh, first. Last Starfighter, 1984. Yeah, so that's Ender's Game, uh, 1985. Oh. Whoa, hey. <laughs> hey, now, what are you saying? No, 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 come on. <laughs> uh, it took him three years to write it, okay? <laughs> okay? But Ender's Game was a short story before that. Yeah, right. right. a short story. But yeah. it was a short story before that. Yeah, and it's grown into. Uh, there's quite a. If you enjoyed Ender's Game, there's <laughs> dozens of Ender Enderverse. They call it uh, books out there, and they're they're all brilliant. So, so yeah, a little boy who's uh, who's six years old, and uh, it's it's set in uh, I guess distant future, not too distant future. It, 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 yeah, it's never released. It's it's this dystopian future. You know, it, it's one of those things that yeah. it's an unspecified dark future. I know Canada's not a superpower yet, so it can't be super distant future. <laughs> uh, it, it, it took a few chapters to figure out what they meant when they kept calling uh, Ender. They everybody teased him, said that he was a third, and I thought it was maybe they were joking because he was like that much smaller than everybody else. But a third, what they uh, talk about is they. In the future, you're only allowed to have two kids, and if if you have a third child, it's really looked down upon and and sort of really illegal. But in this case, uh, you've got Starfleet Command per se, who are looking for people who will be taken to space and and fight the uh, the buggers. This right. uh, this group of aliens that we've already fought with before, and they're waiting on the next invasion uh, from them. So. They've got all the all the promising little kids. They put a little device in the back of their neck, sort of like uh, it made me think of the Matrix. But uh, you know, a little device there that they can see everything you see, hear everything you hear. Sounds like an iPhone. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You don't have to implant it. You just make it shiny, and right. they'll always hold it. Yeah, sell it at a reasonable price. Yeah. You know, I, I remember the first the first time I read this book. I read it actually. I read it right about the same time I watched the last Starfighter, and so I was really in the sort of the, the space mode as a kid. And uh, I thought, okay, you've got Whiz Kid. Yeah, I've heard that before. That's that's an old cliche. You've got this dystopian future. Okay, oh, again, old cliche. You've got this militaristic society. That's a cliche. Uh, you've got the uh, the kid who who has all the odds against him and he succeeds. That's a cliche. And then, oh, and by the way, we are in full spoiler mode. So, And then you get to the genocide. Yes. And it's like, oh, I did not see that before. That was, that was brand new for me. But the, the major spoiler there, of course, being that the, the children had no idea that the, you know, they're in the middle of the training exercise. Uh, so, Jimmy, you were giving a great synopsis of the book there. You know, the children are training. Uh, you can continue, Sir Jimmy. They're training right. to... Well, Ender Wigan, his his family, they they had the they had two children, and his older brother was showed a lot of promise, like he was going to be someone that they they would pick up and, and take into space and and train him to be a star, you know, a commander of a ship and and lead an army. But uh, he just sort of fizzled out. They saw that he had some some like crazy tendencies, and they didn't think they could really uh, count on him. So. Uh, they uh, allowed them to have another child. They thought, well, these guys are going. Maybe the third one's going to really be it. So um, they had the other boy, and and he just really started to show a lot of promise. They they would keep that that little device in your head until you were like like five years old, and then if by then you were either going to make it or you weren't. But they kept his little device in longer than anybody else, and. He sort of used it as like a safety blanket because his brother was really mean to him, threatened to kill him, you know, treat him bad, you know, would beat him up essentially. And they they knew everything that was going on, so the bullies wouldn't pick on him at school uh, because they knew he had this little device in the back of his head. So he was sort of protected. And then one day they said, "Well, you know, you're not going to make it." Uh, and he goes in. They do a procedure and they take the little device out and. Uh, here it is, you know, a short time later, the guy shows up from the Army and says, well, you did make it. They wanted right. to see how he would react once he took it out. 
and he went to school and he beat the crap out of a bunch of kids that were messing with him and they thought this kid is going to be able to take care of himself right so they jerk him up and they put him just to in, uh, interrupt the synopsis for a second I, I i i like the idea of using the kids you know because they're malleable they're trainable it's specifically about fighting in zero gravity and once you get above a certain age it's sort of certain life experience you know your muscles are such your muscle memory is such that you know once you get a certain age you, you know you can't be trained oh, to fight in such a bizarre uh, yeah. atmosphere anytime you, know, you put children and, and and women in danger right away you got a story <laughs> yeah and and and, and I, I thought that was a a reasonably scientific uh you know plausible uh, excuse for for saying you've got to be 6 8 10 12 14 uh in order to you know to be a fighter to be a commander you can't be old well you know i meant as opposed to you know logan's run where we you know we kill you at a certain age it's it's not that it's that you have to be young in order to you know be to be trainable well, you know, I, I think about drones right now, and h- how old do you have to be to be able to use an Xbox controller and, and 18. kill people that you don't see? <laughs> 18 you know? to fly drones in the Army, yeah. E- even in Kentucky. And, and I, know, I know at 18 you're officially an adult, but I know that when I was 18, I was a kid. And I can't sure. picture myself holding an Xbox killing people. Well, that's why thinking all along that all you're doing is training. Right. Is is all that you need to know. Uh, send it out. You think you're not killing people, and then all of a sudden, you know, you blow through school and you graduate. They send you off on your next training mission, and lo and behold, you find out. Major spoiler. Fast forward thirty seconds. You're not in a training mission. You're actually killing people, and you didn't know it. Which also makes sense as a plot device because if you tell these children that they're killing people. Or you know, destroying the ships that they're using are filled with people from Earth. They're not going to sacrifice ships in the chess game, where no. you had you he had to keep already, this from them. Yeah, he was already mad at himself every time you know someone would pick on him, and he would like break their arm. He'd throw him up against the wall, and he's just this little kid, but he's super powerful and and smart about how he does things. It's not like he's big enough to pick up a three hundred pound guy, but he knows. If he jumps, you know, off of this wall and springs and uses his momentum, that uh, he's going to be able to knock the wind out of him. Whatever, he's just able to take any situation and turn it to his advantage. And like I said, I, I, you know, I, I had been spoiled only in the sense that I knew there was a twist. So of course, as I'm reading it, I'm trying to figure out maybe what that twist, what that, what that twist is. And my sort of guess, since it was such a family drama. My guess that it would, it was, you know, you would turn out that the head of the defense ministry or the main, the main trainer was going to be the kid's father. So I'm like, that, that's sort of where I was going or spent time with the kid. That he was pulling the strings, putting well, his good. own kids into these positions of power. And I was about, what, a million percent wrong? Yeah, that makes it enjoyable when it turns out wrong. I feel like going to the movies with my wife, she's like, she looks over at me and I can see this look in her eyes. She, I said, don't tell me because she's already figured the movie out. So... I just went yeah, into but, it. But that, yeah, that, yeah, but the, the, the actual twist that the final training exercise was, in fact, not the training exercise, but was actually a battle, a, a genocidal battle, as the father pointed out, was terrific. Did not see that coming at all. I guess there's, there's and then the battle's over, and you think that's it. And, and then, then you find out the last and final spoiler that, uh, there's a possibility for him to redeem himself for having wiped out an entire species. Do we go into that? Oh, we, we definitely, you know, we go into that. Yeah, and, 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 and not only and that, I, you go into it in a, an entire, you know, series of books uh, where you do follow Ender and his dealing with that. Okay, well, that's, that's my proposal. I'm ready to start the next book. I got the Audible trial going, and uh, that was my first free book. I think it was fantastic. I, I'm ready to jump into the next book. I don't... I don't have anything else that's... May I make a recommendation? Uh, and now folks are probably back from their spoiler alert and they're, they're back to uh, listen to us. <laughs> if, if you do listen, I, I always say start with Ender's Game. Uh, you want to go to Wikipedia and look up Enderverse. Now, in that uh, Wikipedia listing, there is a list of the books in the order that they should be read because Orson ah, Scott that's... Card did not necessarily write them in order. And these are in more of a chronological order. 
Uh, the Bean series is fantastic. I almost want to say read the entire Bean series right after that, but there is a list there of uh, the chronological order because uh, you know this thing has changed from you know it's it's almost like uh, like the one that uh, Ben is reading the Douglas Adams series. It's a you know started off as a short story, became a trilogy, became a ten books, became thirty books, and. Uh, yeah, there's an order there. Go to the Wikipedia entry for that, for sure. Well, that's a good idea. It'd be like showing up to Pulp Fiction 45 minutes in. Right. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I mean, that's a, uh, you know, that's, a, uh, that's a matter for uh, readers to debate. I, I usually prefer to read, um, you know, to read series in the order that the author wrote them, you know, in the sense that that's the order the author intended. That's the, you know, if, if, if I had been reading them concurrently, with as they were, you know, contemporaneously to them being uh, written, that's the order I would have I would have consumed the books in. And there's some potential spoilery type things if you read out of the author's written order. And, but that's but that's a matter of a personal choice for. But for folks, readers. with Star Wars, start at Episode Four and go to the last <laughs> movie six. <laughs> I was I was just thinking about that as as professor was talking I'm like yeah well that Lucas didn't do that <laughs> no, no he didn't and he and he may may have done things differently you know right now he's thinking well maybe I should have made those other ones so maybe like going to this Wikipedia we need to read it in an order that like a consensus of people's wishes yeah. they had read it through and I kind of like Absolutely. that this book really spoke to me a lot because. They, I got a few things written down here that were from the book. Um, uh, he was, when he uh, was back on Earth, he, his family had moved to Greensboro, right. North Carolina, which is where Orson Scott Card is from, which is where I am. And he, he had built his own boat. Ender had the young boy, had built a boat. And he was out on the lake just, you know, trying to just collect his thoughts and think. And it was the house that they talked about is, maybe one and a half miles from my house right now. And they said it was built by some company that invented some kind of miracle salve or something like that. And right. that's actually the, the Vicks house, the people who invented a Vicks VapoRub back in the 1800s. And this, uh, this home is actually right on one of the city reservoir lakes. And I drive past it almost every day. They talked about Guilford County. They talked about one of the high schools just down the road where they had one of their meetings, so I thought that was kind of neat. And what's up? How uh, how blatant does it have to be that the little boy can't find any friends at the school, and he ends up with a a boy uh, who's nice to him, and his name is a lie. Yes. <laughs> you know. And what did you guys what, think of the 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 actual reading of it? I mean, because this is one of the first multi audio uh, dramas, uh, and we've had Scott Brick on the show who who does Bean. Uh, we're going to have Gabrielle de Cure on soon, who plays Valentine. Um, now, you can still say it sucks. Now, I, did, I didn't say that just so you guys will praise them. I'm just saying. <laughs> Not that it, it was the first book I've ever, that I've ever listened to that, that was done in that way. And in, when somebody first starts talking, you're like, oh, great, who's this guy? And it takes a while to get the context. But I'd say halfway through the book, I was really enjoying the, the different voices. But uh, if they continued on with the same same people reading subsequent books, I think that would be excellent. Now, I think they mm-hmm. did it that way because uh, the book is actually broken up that way, uh, where it's it's kind of like uh, Game of Thrones. George R. R. Martin, uh, each chapter will say, you know, the character's name. It doesn't have chapter names or numbers. It's uh, the character's name, and, you know, it's from that perspective. So, yeah, The only awkward, you know, p- uh, potential thing there is, you know, you could do it, you know, George R. R. Martin does it by, you know, point of view character. Each section is a different point of view character. So you could have, you know, the point of view narrator right. um, up do it, or or you could have the characters, more like a play. And that that threw me off one uh, a couple of times in the audio. I was sort of thinking it was point of view, and then there was a, I think it was a conversation between the Ender and his sister, and you get both right. voices yeah. back and forth. And that, that actually threw me off a little bit. Because I was thinking, you know, of, of of who the narrator, who the the point of view was in that scene, and 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 the the back and forth of different actors in the same scene, uh, that was uh, that sort of threw me off a little bit because that didn't seem like that had been um, as much the case uh, 
Yeah, that, that's one of the things. The uh, but so you so you have you know some of those choices you have to make in the production. So, yeah, exactly. That's one of the things I really want to uh, touch on with Gabrielle when she's on the show. Is uh, I know th- this hadn't really been done that much before, and it must have been costly. Uh, you know, to have you know four, five, six different areas rather than just the one it must take a lot more time to do it. Uh, and I can't even imagine doing an audio drama of Ender's Game. Uh, would probably increase the cost of producing the audiobook, you know, a thousandfold, and you just can't do that, really. Not in this game right now, anyways. Yeah, but I, th- I, th- I thought the themes, you know, themes of, you know, a lot of, you know, theme of forgiveness runs throughout it, um, you know, themes of a government choosing to use whoever is available at their service, whether it's a child or not. I think that part's, you know, uh, resonant today. I just think there's a lot of powerful stuff, you know, sort of, you can eat. Uh, can see why it's considered a modern, you know, SF classic. Yeah, one of my favorite elements was, uh, and this this goes into Speaker for the Dead, as uh, towards the end of the the novel when they're they're wrapping up and he's speaking, he's telepathically speaking with the Queen, and he's getting sort of the backstory of the entire book, which is they didn't know that humanity was sentient, uh, and it was, and so you get this 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 just uh, horror upon a horror. Not only did you have the just destruction of this this boy's childhood not only did you have the manipulation of him by his superiors not only did you have genocide but the whole thing was just a mistake it was a horrible horrible mistake uh and again i I think that was that was almost a big a a kick in the gut as as the big twist that he was actually commanding these ships and sacrificing these men um you know that i think that's that's what really drew me to the series which which was I, I gave up trying to figure out what was going to happen next because it seemed like every time I figured it out, I, I got kicked in the gut. <laughs> <laughs> the last you know, 20% of it or so was, was a definitely an emotional ringer. Yeah, yeah, I thought the book was over. And yeah. then there's like yeah. 10 chapters left. I looked down at my, uh, my iPhone and I'm like, oh, cool. I, I, was just, I got more excited about it. Now, uh, I'm, I'm excited about the, the movie that they're working on. Uh, I, I don't know how they're going to bring it down to two hours. Uh, <laughs> how? Yeah, this is not Harry Potter, the, you know, the first book. This is, this is a Lord of the Rings. So how you bring this down to two hours, I don't see how you do it, unless you really strip away all the, the, the depth of, oh. of the book. Now, I hope he, they don't do it like the Hunger Games where all he, the first, hey, you're at the school. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the backstory is like, yeah, what happened? They never and they never even show Earth. Now, there, I can't remember the name of the title of the book, but one of the books in the Bean series, which is part of the Enderverse, uh, takes place at the exact same time, and it's from Bean's perspective. And uh, I don't think that has this ever been done in television, where you would have one movie, one event, and then a completely different movie. About the exact same events from a different point of view. I don't think that's ever been done in cinematic history. Kind of, a little bit, not okay. not like you're suggesting. With the Matrix movies, and let's not debate whether you know if okay. any other Matrix movie other than the first one should exist. But <laughs> they tried to <laughs> do it you. with the video games, where the video games actually retold the story or told the time between the movies, and so you would get you would get this interesting parallel views of the same events. <laughs> Sir Jimmy's holding up. Can, may I repeat what's on your uh, little note there in the video? <laughs> My nickname is Bean. Why also not? cool. <laughs> I didn't know that, Bean. My nickname has been Bean, and people still call me that. Are oh, you a little guy? Because you're you're rather you know you you tow, probably tower over me by a foot. Look at those guns. Folks, you can't wait till this is a video podcast. You don't you really you don't want to see me. You want to see Sir Jimmy's guns. Nah, you could wait. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sir Jimmy is crushing watermelons with his biceps. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the uh, the Bean. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the book, and I never can. But uh, the Bean book. Is that one Ender's Shadow? Is that Ender's Shadow? I believe it is Ender's Shadow. Yeah, I think that's the one I that takes is, place yes. so sort of parallel. Yes, and, and, and games, but I can see it. this. Uh, how many movies could they make of this? Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, that's why I'm wishing that the the Ender's Game uh, movie is done well. I'm hoping that uh, Scott Brick has a cameo in it somewhere. <laughs> and, we have uh, uh, we have Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford. I don't know if in the uh, in, in the audio version that you guys were listening to, but in the, the audio version that I had included in a pretty recent interview with Orson Scott Card, and part of what he was talking about was sort of finally 
getting, uh, you know, finally getting a movie potentially off the ground. It was a pretty recent, a pretty recent interview. Yeah, I'm looking at Harrison Ford as as, uh, Colonel Graff. Uh, Ben Kingsley is Mazer Rackham. And uh, the rest uh, seems to be, there's no big names there. And I kind of like that because it's kind of like the the life of Pi. Uh, They started filming and I believe it was Leonardo DiCaprio was involved. And when they were in the editing room for that uh, movie based on a book, they said, well, uh, sorry, Leonardo, we'll pay you, but we're taking you out of the movie because your fame is distracting from this fantastic story. And I almost, I hate to say it, but I'd love to see Ben Kingsley and Harrison Ford on the editing room floor. This is a book that, uh, it'll be a movie that stands on its own, and uh, uh, maybe Harrison Ford will be a distraction, you know, although he might pull in a lot of ticket sales. But, uh, you know, just seeing a bunch of people you've never seen before playing these characters would be fantastic. And hopefully, uh, you know, Mazer Rackham plays a small part, but definitely the Colonel is in there quite a bit. Uh, Maybe Harrison Ford can tie together, I don't know. Yes, I think certainly for the kids that makes sense. You know, don't go with the hottest, you know, whoever's on the the latest Disney show. You know, I wouldn't do that. But I like the idea of, uh, I, you know, I I don't mind the idea of Ben Kingsley as Mazer Rackham. I, I think that yeah. <laughs> that one. Uh, it is kind of cool. I gotta uh, say, I, I that, that one sounds exciting when you said. I'm not so sure about Harrison Ford, but I I do like the idea of keeping the kids as as unknowns. You know, not yeah. whoever, like I said, not whoever the hot. You know the hot kid but actor. If that one does, does well, you could be looking at six movies at least. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what made the the Harry Potter series so amazing because you literally because Doctor Who's in it. Hello. Grow up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know uh, this this could be uh, a Butterfield's life, basically. Yes. Because, I mean, they've, they've got there's what there's a dozen Ender's books that yeah, they could just more. delve into for more and more material. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to that, uh, the books on film and television. So, gentlemen, you're going to go on and maybe read another in the series? Sounds like your thumbs up on that one. Thumbs up? Let's just, we got to agree on which one the next one is, I guess. Professor Allen? Okay. Speaker well, for the Dead? Speaker for the Dead What was is the next one written. Or we could go Ender Shadow, the one that takes place at the same time. I think sort of chronologically sort of those are the two. I, I would well, almost go. Yeah, you know what? Branching. I would go if that, you're doing that's where audio. The is. If you're doing audio, Ender's Shadow, uh, read by Scott Brick, I would go with that. And then we can consult the Wikipedia entry for uh, Enderverse and you know go through it chronologically. And uh, yeah, oh, Speaker for the Dead is a brilliant book as well. I think at the end of my audio book, they actually played uh, like uh, the first chapter of Ender's Shadow, so I listened to that. Yeah. I, you know what? That's I, actually that's that's a great idea. Being able to to let's not do, it. do speaker for the dead yet, but you know, jump to the the view of the ones who were left behind. That's yes. that's, that's cool. not bad. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. And I wonder what will be the second movie. Should the first one be popular? We should start a uh, right now petition for uh, Ender's Shadow. <laughs> Why not? It'll be the sure. first time I think cinematic history. So, gentlemen, uh, let's do that. We'll, we'll bump heads after the show and maybe figure out if we're going to do the whole Ender series, uh, talk about it. I love it. You know, I just recently, a couple months ago, reread a whole bunch of them. Uh, some of them I haven't listened to audio. I might try it. And, Sir Jimmy, you're supposed to remind me. If you, yes. <laughs> if you want to listen for free, like Sir Jimmy did, all you got to do is go to audibletrial.com slash book guys. You can get your f- first book free. It's like the drug dealer on the corner, Padre. The first one's free because they know you'll be back for more. <laughs> just for the taste. Yeah, just a little taste. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, let's uh, get into a little bit of book news and then we'll chat a little bit after that. As long as I can find the, uh, what's it called? It's called the jingle. There it is. Book news. Padre, we have the Padre here, Father Robert Balliser, host of This Week in Enterprise Technology, of course. Love your show. Folks, go to iTunes, look up T-W-I-E-T, This Week in Enterprise Technology, and sign up, my friends. Sign up. Be very, very quiet. Be very quiet on the set, my friend. Quiet on the set. Uh, Padre, of course, this week, big in book news technology-wise, the uh, Amazon in the United States only. Uh, Kindle Fires, Kindle Fires coming out, $2.99, $4.99 price points. And, uh, of course, the big, the huge one. Never mind that, because you can get an iPad for three ninety nine, and I still recommend that. Uh, 
for 179 119 I believe there's is there a, a one below the 119 uh, price point Padre do you know uh, well, so you've got the fire at 150. Well, I mean, the, the street prices are changing depending right. on which model you're getting. Yeah. But you're really looking like the fire 159, the HD for just under 200 or 250, depending if you want the 16 or the 32 right. gigabyte model. Then you get up to the fire HD, which is 8.9 inches, and you're going up to the $300 price point. And then you're getting the fire HD 8.9 inch that comes with 4G LTE. And that brings us up into iPad land. That's you know five hundred dollars and up. Yeah, and uh, I think the big news, of course, was the paper white. Um, yeah, huh. um, I, I think I, I like that because it's a recognition by Amazon that uh, these screens, these beautiful, beautiful screens, no matter how high of a resolution they get, no matter how, you know how many colors they they squeeze in into a small amount of space, will never be as good for that single purpose of reading as right. paper white. Now, now being the book guy, and I've never owned a Kindle, I've gone into the store, I've gone into uh, you know, uh, various retail outlets here in Canada. We get them you know, a couple months after you guys do over there in the States, you uh, Americanos. Uh, but oh. anytime I've walked in, and I have an iPad, and I do most of my uh, digital reading at night anyways, so I like the iPad because it, it glows by itself. Uh, and I, I keep looking at those uh, the the old Kindles before. I mean, we'll call it pre Paperwhite, and, and they remind me of a, a Palm Pilot, the old green you know screens, um, and they always looked a little greenish, not even beige. They always looked a little greenish, and the, and the contrast just wasn't there. The you could see the pixels. So and I, and I, I have an iPad One. I can see the pixels. Believe me, uh, I've seen an iPad Three or the new iPad they call it beautiful and then i looked at i just see some of the screenshots on this paper white it is gorgeous it's gorgeous it's a white and, background and you know i i read on my kindle fire i'm not sorry, my kindle fire on my uh, my seven inch nexus um i love this tablet i actually i like this more than i like 10 inch tablets but as much as i like this and as much as i enjoy the kindle app on this device my preferred mode of reading is still the old-fashioned Kindle, even the even the gray one. Um, right. There's something about it that, without the backlight, it just doesn't tire out your eyes nearly as much. I, I don't know. It feels more like a book to me. Um, so yeah, Amazon has really gone two ways. They've they've got the e-ink and they've got the tablet. Uh, they're they're no longer trying to sit in that middle zone where. They have an e-reader that could act as a tablet. And they now have two different product lines. Right. I think that if the iPad just had a setting that would go dimmer than it actually goes now, that it would it would be much better to read in bed. You know, if I wake up in the middle of the night and uh, I'll I know my iPad is right there beside the bed, I'll reach over, lean over the bed, right. open it up, and look at it, and just flash. You know, you're you're just like. Uh, you know what, Sir Jimmy? I've noticed that too. Because even if you bring it down, like when, once you've got your night eyes, your night vision, if yeah. you bring it down to the lowest, lowest, lowest setting and leave it there, it's still really bright. It's still really. You need bright. a finer absolutely. control. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. I guess they won't allow somebody to run an app that will take control of that because I've searched. Right. It, it, it's actually it becomes a a hardware limitation. You can't bring down the voltage past a certain point without starting to damage components. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's why there's that hard limit of... And, and you know, it, it's funny because it looks really dim, but you're right. Once you have your night eyes, you turn that thing on, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> why, so you, why you get to so a bright? point where... You get to a point where the LCD can't be... It has to be a certain voltage to either be on or it's got to be off. Right. Well, see, because there's two parts. There's the LCD and then there's the backlight. And that backlight can only go down to a certain voltage, and then you're just starting to kill it. You're starting to burn. I mean, you, you can burn put in a okay. tiny amount of voltage, but then it starts flickering. It'll start shimmering, uh, and then it will ultimately die. That's, It'd be nice to have some, maybe uh, an overlay to go over top of it for yeah. nighttime reading. So, Jimmy, may make a recommendation. Maybe a piece of uh, an opaque mylar film. Maybe someone out there, someone, some young entrepreneur. Uh, you know, a gray piece of uh, you know vinyl you could uh, stick on the front. Might work. I always just put it into a piece of pantyhose, and that strains out the light pretty well. That, 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 that I sleep. I sleep with pantyhose on, to, on my hair at night anyway, so 
That's very handy. I, I was just going to ask you that, how you get that perfect hair all the time, and I, oh, now you, I know. I'll, I can't I'll wait till this is a video show. We're having so much fun. I'll, <laughs> Folks. Just, I'll just use the other leg. You know, oh, oh no, you read that book. <laughs> Diamond Club represents Diamond Club in the house. Hey, what do we talk about the Diamond Club? Because that was a hoot, and you know, it was on the uh, the NSFW, which uh, Padre loves to troll on the Twit Network. Uh, Brian Brushwood and all the hosts there. Uh, Padre, maybe you know a little bit more about it. You've been on the set, uh, uh, dressed up quite often. <laughs> Tell uh, us about so the Diamond Club. Uh, a, a, it was a crowdsourced, a crowdsourced bestseller. Yes, <laughs> yes, they did. They uh, they followed the example of. Um, uh, do you remember? Along came a stranger. It, it was a group of journalists who decided that they wanted to write a, a trashy, trashy novel. And so it's not poorly written. It's not like bad, bad grammar. It's it's just no plot. It's just a lot of sex. And they made a bestseller. And so the NSFW guys said, wait a minute. Right now we've got Fifty Shades of Grey. And Fifty Shades of Grey is just a lot of sex. Well, what if we ask our audience members to give us a bunch of well-written chapters about a single character just having a lot of sex? And they turned it into the Diamond Club book. Uh, they, they, made, they made quite a bit of money on it because what they did was they gamed the system. They asked their followers who said, okay, we're going to release it on iTunes on this day. And everyone at this particular time, you buy it. It's 99 cents. And they forced it up into the top 10 where other people started to buy it. Now, I've read a couple of chapters. And in fact, I may have accidentally contributed a chapter. Um, and they're horrible. They're absolutely <laughs> horrible. Uh, I, I can't, you know, it's a family-friendly show, so I can't go too in-depth. Let's say Father, Father, at any point we want... We flick the explicit switch. We've done it many times before. Okay. <laughs> Let's say there's a man who is naked except for a beekeeper's helmet. Okay. Uh, there's, there's a man who comes back damaged. He's lost a leg uh, in, uh, in Iraq. But um, he finds out that just like a blind man, his other senses develop in order to compensate for the blindness, that his third leg starts developing and... He's, he's told that soon he's going to have to have a special shoe made. You know, it's, it's really bad stuff like that that made it into the book. But it makes it so fun because you're reading it going, well, you just bought it for sex, right? There's lots of sex. So what do you care? <laughs> so they did very well. I mean, how, how quickly did they get to the top ten? Uh, they were on the top ten within, a, within uh, I think, 30 minutes. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they were right below the 50 shades. That, 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 dem- so that, that demonstrates the power of the 99 cent price point. Oh yeah. In, in which case, I'll take a shot at anything. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, also, the also shows the importance of the, uh, you know, of the bestseller lists. You know, that's you know certainly in, in, in looking at podcasts, trying to search, you know, really any, anything in iTunes or obviously Googling anything, you never get past. Maybe you get to the second page, right, right. of your search results, right. even though seventeen million, uh, you know, search uh, uh, hits came up. Yeah. And you know, when you're looking for something. If it doesn't, you know, if it's not near the top of whatever list you're looking at, you're not going to find it. So yeah, it's easy. we do. Uh, it would be easy Alex. for something like that to get to, to get lost. Yeah, in in, in business, like uh, in in the print business, uh, we figure if you're not in the second page, uh, you're not on Google. So you always have to change your Google AdWords, uh, you know, right. bidding to get on the second page, or you got you got to buy the ads from Google because uh, no one goes to the third page. They figure first page. Somewhere on the first page, there's the person I'm going to get this service or product from. Uh, second page, one times in a million, you might get business from them. Uh, and third page, you don't exist. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, same, same with the iTunes uh, store. Well, uh, the NSFW guys, so you've got uh, Brian Brushwood and Justin Robert Young, who are the hosts. Uh, you know, they did it for, for fun. This is what they do. They troll people. But uh, they said, you know, the experiment revealed some sobering facts like for example there are some legitimate authors out there who who put their heart and soul into well-written books and they've got no traction they, they don't have no they're not selling a single book whereas you've got a joke book that was you know not not was not written by the authors that was gamed and suddenly it, it made tens of thousands of dollars uh they actually interviewed robert justin robert young young on um npr and they, they used that angle. They said, wait a minute, you know, is this, is this the new normal for publishing? Do you have to game the system to get into the top 10? And that's just 
part of participating in in the new. Now, uh, now Padre, map. can you guesstimate how many authors there were on the book? Just sort of a round oh, number. Uh, oh, we had we had at least at least fifty seven people who. Oh, and what's the today. what's the technical limitations of uh, GoToMeeting? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would love to interview the author of the Diamond Club. <laughs> that would be a hoot. <laughs> oh, I can. Yeah, I'll. I'll. I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll bring him on. I'll bring both Justin Robert Young and Schwood. Yes, absolutely. We've had Schwood on the show before, and uh, he's a hoot to talk to. And I haven't had to talk to anyone else, but uh, I think it would be fun to not only get them, but all the authors. <laughs> well, the problem is, the problem is, we've all made a secret pact that no one's revealing who wrote what chapter. Okay, <laughs> because gotcha. that would kind of spoil the magic. Right. So, I mean. Uh, again, I may or may not have a chapter in there, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, you'll never know. It was just it was part of what, what we call chat realm. It's the NSFW Diamond Club, and you'll never what, you'll never let the order know. That's for sure. Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, well, we we actually had Brushwood on here uh, on the Book Guy Show a few months ago, and he talked about when the new Scam School book came out, he was going to try something very similar to this, where he was going to try to get pushed up to the beginning of it. So maybe he. Did that and then had some success and, and rolled it out. Maybe he's a, a true innovator. Yeah, we helped well, as much as we worked. could. Yeah, I know a lot of the podcast. Yeah. I was gonna say I know I know a, a lot of the podcast novelists, Scott Sigler and that Merle Lafferty and that crowd have done various you know, Amazon runs where the same thing you know you pre-order or order you know on this date on this time. And, you know, so it pops up on the new and notable or you know whatever the equivalent is. Yeah. You know, today's bestseller. Just the, like Paul said, you you got it. At least then you have a chance to be seen. And I think it is a sort of a sobering. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the a lot of the app. The father mentioned about you know, good a lot of the books, app developers do books, that too. Real books. Yeah. <laughs> that don't get bought just because they never get noticed. Absolutely, there has to be a, a new way to discover books. Uh, much like I know uh, Apple is working on it with the, they bought Lala and uh, with music they're trying to find a new way to discover music I think we need a new way to discover books as well other than of course the book guys show bookguys.ca uh, I think the, yeah definitely need a new way to get past that you know two page limit and by the way guys I, I, I disagree with you I don't think people need a new way to discover books I think people just need to listen to the book guys podcast and, and find out what they should be reading. That's, that's that's simple and there's the bell for you, buddy. <laughs> hey, Padre, you know what? We had our, our Skype Second issues. Second best podcast in the universe. That's right. You know, we've had Second our, our Skype issues. We've had Skype issues today, and we went with GoToMeeting. And i got to say, I'm loving it. Uh, not only do we have video, uh, I mean, amongst ourselves, uh, and it, it really adds to it. i, I got to tell you guys, the only reason I keep bending over and twisting my iMac all around is uh, Sparky the Wonder Cat who's also an official host of the Book Guys show, keeps coming up and attacking me and attacking the various cords that keep us on the air. So just want to let you know, I'm not having a conniption. Don't call 911. I'm okay. Uh, yes. Yes. I'm not going to read that out. But Sir Jimmy, it was a very, uh, very sad day. Very sad day in... Podcasts. Now, only because I'm not a Veronica Belmont stalker, <laughs> I didn't know that she was engaged to Mary. And I know the wedding is approaching. I know Sir Jimmy is your wife within range. I don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah, she, she's downtown. She's downtown. Right okay. Now. I know both of you, when we watched that twit where we met, uh, we got to see her fiancé and learned that she was getting married, we both said the same thing. No! <laughs> Now I was on that twit, and you were, uh, then you I was, were. the last twit I the last twit I did I was supposed to be on with Veronica Belmont, and she she ducked out at the last minute because she they had forgotten they were going to a wedding, and yeah. that just ruined my summer. I was like, oh, I so wanted to be on a panel with Veronica <laughs> Belmont. While we're on podcast, Sir Padre, our uh, Padre, I got to say, the the podcast, the the infamous podcast when uh, Adam Curry. Let everybody know that he did not believe that Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. I have to give you much respect for that. You were the only person who treated his views with respect. He mentioned that on a Daily Source Code episode. He spoke very highly of you on the DSC episode. And uh, uh, my, my only comment to that is 
there are a lot of people like me and perhaps the Padre, and I'm not sure about anybody else who believe that uh, there are extraterrestrial beings with wings and uh, there are warriors who fight on, in, you know, on, in behest, you know, behest of a, you know, an omnipotent being. So, uh, you know, I got to say, if you believe in angels and uh, you've only gone by one book that you've read and that's your belief, maybe Adam Curry, who's read 30 or 40 books, knowing him, he's read 30 or 40 books on the moon landing and he's basing his not believing in the moon landing on 30 or 40 books. You don't have to agree with him, but you have to respect him. And thank you, Padre. You know what? You stood out amongst everyone else and uh, just got to say that was really cool of you. Well, I mean, I, I got so much flack, and Leo Laporte got flack for this too, of people who were saying, how could you dignify his crackpot, blah, 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 blah. You know, you should have just shut him out and thrown him off and turned off his feet. And I was thinking, you know what? Uh, when you run into someone who has a different worldview than you, you really have three options. You can ignore them, you can respectfully disagree, or you can disrespectfully disagree. And it just struck me that there were so many people who wanted me to disrespectfully disagree. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I, I may not believe what he does, but he's an intelligent man. He makes good points on most everything he talks about. If, if this is what he is, the conclusion he has come to, uh, why should I get upset? <laughs> it, there's no reason for me to get mad. Yeah. You know what? In, the, in this world, we all got to get along, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think and, that's... And you know what? Uh, I, I know there's stuff about this world that I don't know. Maybe Adam knows it. I don't know. <laughs> I do believe that Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, by the way. I'm just saying, got to respect people that don't believe that. That's yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to a little bit more book news, gentlemen. Uh, but, that, uh, it, but, but that's not the, that's not the litmus test. Okay. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, the litmus test for me is, uh, this is not a, an illiterate man. I know I have from uh, you know uh, following Adam for many years. I know that for him to give that opinion and speak it into a microphone, it's because he's basing it on, I would say at least ten or twenty books he's read. So, you know, that's all I'm saying. You know, it, it comes from a uh, uh, an opinion that is well read. That's all I'm saying. Let's get back to book news. Let's get off. Neil You're Armstrong up. landed on the moon. Adam, sorry, buddy. <laughs> You're being uh, stalked by the, uh, by the podcast kitty. That's right. Oh, I'm being uh, totally, Sparky is totally attacking me. Uh, another big news for Amazon, other than the new Kindles, which uh, I think uh, Amazon might have won me over. I might be buying one of the new, I was going to call it a paperweight. <laughs> paperweight. Because <laughs> uh, I've had bought, if I had bought any of the other Amazons, for me it would have been a paperweight. But the paperweight, I might get one. Uh, other news from them is that they finally relented and all the uh, ad-supported Kindles that are coming out now, the Kindle Fires, they are going to give you an option. Uh, if you don't want that $15 um, hit when you buy it and you're stuck with the ads, right? A lot of people have complained that they're stuck with the ads and uh, people have said that some of the ads are questionable. You know, you've got your book reader on public and there's a scantily clad lady on it and you have to explain to your <laughs> your lovely, uh, you know, fiance, Veronica Belmont, why there's a, you know, lady on the Kindle. Uh, but you'll now be able to uh, later on, purchase an opt-out for $15. It's kind of like an in-store, in-app purchase. Uh, for $15, you'll be able to remove all those ads from your... Uh, you know, It's kind of like you can get the discount at uh, when you buy it. And later on, if, you, if the ads are bothering you, you can remove it and it'll become non-ad supported. And I think that's kind of huge, really. We were all worried when they first came out, all those conspiracy guys, that uh, Amazon was going to start, you know, throwing video commercials and, uh, you know, ads in the middle of your book reading. <laughs> and that did never happen. Never materialized, folks. Remain calm. Yeah, no, Amazon did the right thing here because, uh, you know, I, I've, I've used devices that had built, built-in ads. Sometimes it's annoying. Sometimes I, I don't even notice them. Uh, but th- it was good for them to give people the, the option. I yeah. mean, if... The, honestly, the ads are not that, that not that intrusive. But if it does bother you, now you have a way to get rid of them. Absolutely. And moving on. Amazon, again, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon today, my friends. Uh, new serial novel series. Uh, if you guys heard about this, they're now going to be allowing you to buy a subscription to serialized books. And, of course, one of the most famous serialized books will be one of the first ones, Oliver Twist. Uh, you know, something that you can buy, you know, yeah, twist, twist, uh, that you can buy on, uh, you don't have to buy it, actually. You can get it from uh, any of the open source libraries. 
but uh, it will be one of the first serialized novels. You pay, let's say you pay four ninety nine or nine ninety nine, you'll get the first in the installment, and uh, every subsequent installment after that will be free because you bought the subscription. Uh, and again, like I told Seth Harwood about his novels, and uh, uh, even when we were talking to Scott Sigler, I can't wait. So sorry, Scott. I know your you know your new series is coming out. I'll wait till it's all done. And I'll listen to it all at once. So for me, this kind of useless for someone like me because I can't wait. I've got four hours to read. I want to read the whole freaking novel right now. I can't wait till next week. I'm the same way. Uh, I don't Agreed. do well at reading books in segments. I want to read the whole thing, especially if it's engrossing. Yeah. And uh, booksellers. I mean, book- I can have a couple of go. I, 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 I can have a couple of books going at once, but like I said, I'm not sure I'd like to have one that I read a chapter a week at. Yeah, it gets forced, mixed up. Forced in, into yeah, that type of schedule. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, not, it gets mixed up in everything else you're reading, and you forget where you were. Yeah. And, yeah. Book publishers, my friends. Book publishers have now made it official. I've always said that the, uh, the young adult, uh, you know, they always say it's young adults, 18 to 20 some odd. Not true. We all know that people in their 30s, mid-30s, late 30s, will read the Harry Potter series and whatnot. So now they're making it official. You know, even uh, Irish Ben here has got two thumbs up on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so now they're making it official. The new genre they're calling is new adult fiction. So this is positing an age range of 14 to 35. So now you will have your... <laughs> I'm confused now, actually. Your young adult fiction, you have your new adult fiction. So this was stretch it out over to 35. And I got to say, I think I read the Harry Potter series when I was 37. <laughs> so <laughs> if it's enjoyable, I'll read it. I know it's targeted. I was, I was an old I was an old adult. <laughs> yeah, right. it, now, is this new I'm fiction an old for adult adults and read or books new from the young adult sections for fiction? I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I give up on age range. Yeah, fiction for I just new want to read a good book. I don't care. Yeah, you know what? I don't even look at the genre anymore. Tell me what the story is all about, Professor Allen. Like I picked up, I'm sorry. I was about to say I picked up a book last week, uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. It was engrossing. <laughs> <laughs> a classic. <laughs> Uh, green eggs and ham, my friend. Green eggs and ham. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Allen, let's get into your forte, my friend. Comic books, comic books, comic books. Uh, Professor Allen, the new Green Lantern, my friend. You got to explain to me, because I know that uh, the original Green Lantern lives in a different universe, and we found out that he is gay. Okay. And we have the current Green Lantern in the what we would say our universe, um, what happens to him? Because I'm told that there's a new Green Lantern. Simon Baz will be the country's, United States of America, of course, their first Arab-American superhero, a Muslim superhero. This is a first for DC Comics, but what happened to Green Lantern? Well, first of all, Paul, as you know, there are 3,600 Green Lanterns uh, patrolling the various uh, quadrants of space. Okay, but I, I, uh, I, Professor Allen, I I'm, I'm told think, that there's only that one... Look- I'm told there's only one on Earth. Well, see, I, th- I, th- I think part of the problem I might not, you know, address that, but I, I, it seems to me all the other planets in our quadrant should be pretty upset because all of the last <laughs> five or six Green Lanterns in our quadrant have all been Earthlings. I mean, first of all, right. there's clearly <laughs> some anti-Venus, anti, uh, anti-Mars bias. Uh, by only going with, with Earthlings. So I think if you take the bigger picture, Paul, it's just another in a long line of, of Earthling Green Lanterns. So is he, uh, is he going to be operating in, in uh, conjunction with the current Green Lantern, or is he replacing him? Like, I mean, don't they need to die to pass on their ring? That has, that has been subject to various incarnations, how those have changed. Okay. Uh, in the... Uh, so you know, it, it, they, they may be operating uh, concurrently, but this also may be this, – this is similar in the New 52 and, and, and in recent years of Batman. Right. Batman has, in, 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 in various storylines, has sort of franchised himself out, and there, is, there are various Batmans across the, uh, across the globe in uh, Batman Incorporated is that, that series of books, including uh, – Batman for Africa, a few for England, or, or a few for Europe. Obviously, uh, ours here in the good old uh, North American uh, quadrant. 
Uh, so that that may be the direction they're going with the Green Lantern. I have an Indian friend who's shown me pictures of uh, various trucks and vehicles in, in India, the way they're decorated. I would love to see Batman's Batmobile, the Indian Batman. It would be so cool. That would be sweet. <laughs> sweet ride. It would be a Tata. It would be the size of a smart car and wouldn't be able to survive a five-mile-per-hour impact. <laughs> Much like the real Batmobile. You know, from, from the old right. the, the, the Jack Nicholson era of the Batman movies, uh, they brought the, uh, the Corvette version of the Batmobile down to Toronto to, our, uh, to one of our ex- expositions, exhibitions. And, uh, man, they had like five guys around it. Please don't touch it. It's made of like, you know, it's made of drywall. You know, do not touch the Batmobile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, it's reality versus fiction. I prefer fiction. By the way, uh, Professor, was there a hard coded limit into how many Green Lanterns the uh, power battery on IO could, uh, could support? Hmm. I'm going to go with the full, the full regimen of the core of 3600. That's my, that's my final answer. Okay, because <laughs> nice. I don't remember ever reading something that said why it had to be thirty six hundred. It just well, it's thirty six hundred. Well, we could, we come up with the same problem, That's, and uh, uh, you know, and, you know and they, the they can always write around it, right, Professor? I mean, it's kind of like Doctor Who and his exactly. uh, amount of regenerations. Right. We know that uh, they're going to play it off that it's over, and then he's going to find you know a magical bean in a can. Well, the master figured out a way to get more regenerations. I, Why can't the doctor? Yeah, all he had to do was be in a really crappy Fox movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I am in the minority among my comic book nerd buddies, but I don't get all that hung up on continuity. I know that's, uh, that's uh, a minority opinion among the hardcore comic That's right. People, hey, us comic book give nerds. Give me a good story. Give me a good story yeah. for right now. We invented I, retconning, my friend. We invented it. So Exactly. Gentlemen, it's been a lot of fun. We're, we're well over the hour mark. Thank you, Robert, Father, Padre. Thank you, Professor. Thank you, Sir Jimmy. It's been a lot of fun, guys. I love this uh, go-to meeting. Padre, quick, your go-to meeting code. Go to, no, visit gotomeeting.com. Click on the promo code and type in Enterprise. Nice. So use the promo code Enterprise, go-to meeting. It saved our butts tonight. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Screw you, Microsoft. (laughs) We'll see you next week, folks. Same book time, same book channel. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Paul the Book Guy will be back next week. Same book time, same book channel. 